I believe the way things are is not the way things have to be. We'll only really make things better when we all come together, when we all work together, when we all join together, when we work out that we're all in this together. I'm telling you, you can't play politics with people's jobs and with people's services. Hello and welcome to the Centre Think Tank's podcast, The Centrist Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Will Barber-Taylor. In this episode, I am delighted to be joined by Samaya Tahira, the CEO of Urban Chain. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Will. Uh, I'm very delighted to be here too and very excited about this opportunity. It's, it's great to have you on. Now, um, the first question that I would like to ask is um, yesterday, um, at the time of recording yesterday, we hosted an event on nuclear power. Do you think we still need nuclear power or do you think we should phase it out at some point soon? One thing about nuclear power is that I understand the worry that people have about nuclear power stations. The, the thing is that nuclear, nuclear power is changing a lot over time. We have seen large nuclear power stations around, but uh, we are seeing technologies coming in that we can have a small, very micro power, a micro nuclear power station just around the corner without, uh, with, with very minimal, minimized effect on the people around that and also providing the same benefit as large nuclear power stations uh, provide. Similar to when we have a solar farm, or when we have a wind farm, a very large wind farm, making lots of noises for the people around or having a small wind uh, just uh, on the farmer's land, which which is not going to make that much noise and it's, it's producing energy. The thing about nuclear power, power is that it's a, it's a great baseload energy that runs mm -hmm. at any time that we want. But the problem is it cannot be switched off and on. But again, that's all re relevant to large nuclear power stations. When we talk about micro power stations, it would be a very, very different scenario. Uh, what I'm saying, I'm saying uh, nuclear power stations in nature is a good power because it provides the baseload that we want. But lots of changes needs to happen regarding their size, how they are operating, and uh, to basically contribute to the stability of our energy and also uh, provide, uh, basically make, make us don't require, to be honest, Russian gas. That's, mm. that's a very, very, very yeah. important point to say. Yes, absolutely. Because of course, of, um, of how much dependence, particularly on um, uh, Europe has at the moment for, for that as a, a form of, of energy, which given the war is, uh, the war in Ukraine is, is, is obviously a, a great disadvantage um, for Europe. Um, you mentioned uh, other forms of um, energy, renewable energy, um, production uh, there, wind and solar. How um, do you think, how can the government best support renewable energy providers? Would it be through tax breaks, increased investment? What, what kind of ways do you think the government can help the renewable sector? Yeah, very, very good uh, question here. So I, I think there, that we have lots of, lots of things to think about. Um, here is that... Uh, 
it's not just about we decide renewable. We want, I want to install the renewable, and then uh, there is there's here it is your renewable is installed. Okay. There is always um, a limitation on installation of renewable. The mainly grid, uh, the grid doesn't have enough capacity to accommodate enough renewables. The grid by grid, I mean network operators, uh, whether transmission network or tra distribution network operators or operation systems, which they don't have enough capacity to accept our renewables at all places. Scotland is doing better than England, uh, but uh, still long way to go. So I would say government needs to provide the infrastructure, physical infrastructure required to facilitate the installation and the, the kind of uh, uh, rollout of renewables. What we are seeing specifically following the uh, price fluctuation in 2020, 2021, people are uh, moving out from just being consumer of energy to become prosumer of energy, producer and consumer of energy. And for that, they are very much interested to install renewables, solar, either on, on their roofs, on their assets, wind, hydro community power, solar farm community power, any type of thing, even uh, owning a very small uh, volume of a wind farm, just just that, just uh, putting their money there. So, and lots of money around, lots of money around. We know lots of American investors want to invest in the UK, lots of European investors want to uh, invest in the renewable um, in the UK. But what is stopping the project is the physical infrastructure required. Mm -hmm. So I would say putting some money there to upgrade our physical infrastructure is the first one. And then uh, the next step is the process of uh, connecting that renewable to that physical infrastructure. At the moment, the process is very lengthy, uh, about two, three years, but with this, uh, with having a fast paced uh, rollout of renewables, that would be something that we, it, it would be very, very good. Then uh, from that, uh, uh, it's about infrastructure, digital infrastructure of our systems, which means that it's the recording of how much volume is coming from renewables and how much is consumed at different levels. Again, we don't have the infrastructure at the moment. Uh, what I'm trying to say is that um, I think uh, investment is there. I think uh, taxes, taxes, I understand that the tax um, uh, renewable levy was introduced in January. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe uh, kind of soften that out. But having said that, None of them are the majority, quite uh, the main factor. The main factor is upgrading the infrastructure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, in, in terms of how the public uh, engages with renewable energy, do, do you think that we're seeing people, um, as time has gone on, more and more interested in where their energy comes from and more willing to change energy providers if, if they think that the energy provider that they're changing to will be using a renewable energy source than before because it seems something that people are becoming more and more concerned about with um, not just um, sustainability of energy sources but also the I I environment um, playing a factor in, in people considering where they, they get their energy sources from. Do, do you think that the 
the public are becoming more and more aware and more engaged with renewable energy and wanting renewable energy to power their homes and, and supply um, their electricity. Definitely they do. The thing, uh, the, the problem is um, uh, when it comes, we are quite, um, I would say, uh, unpredictable. We have this unpredictability in our nature as human. And when it comes to the decision, uh, in spite of all our effort to be part of the green power, um, when it comes to like, for example, cost of living crisis, then we choose the price over the green. So as a result of that, uh, we, we kind of like between eating and heating or quite like being able to uh, afford, afford to heat ourselves or claiming that we are green, um, we would choose to be able to heat ourselves because we have children, because we, we, we have lots of other agendas in our life that we need to just think about. But having said that, um, another factor might impact people. Yes, people are conscious about when, when it's a kind of uh, level f platform, meaning that gas and grain is the same price. Yes, people are conscious about uh, going to the green supplier, but usually the green supplier here is mainly about green certificates, not really green supply. And uh, that's again, uh, when, when people hear about greenwashing, they are put off with this, uh, with this move, uh, kind of like uh, operation of licensed suppliers regarding uh, claiming it's green while it's not green. It has been just, just, just green certificates that has been bought. And that's, that's a, that's the case. That's the case that I always say. Yeah. Having said that, um, one thing that we do is to make green energy affordable for all. So we make true green energy, no greenwashing, with the trace to the to the generator, affordable for everybody, in a sense that during the crisis, we could see even 70% less bill for our customers, which is quite like a significant. So it's not that there is no solution to that. There is a solution to that. And that uh, thinking behind people's mind that I want to be green, but maybe I can't afford it to be green at the moment, it's something that will come off as then as new models of supply are coming to the market. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, as I mentioned at um, the start of the podcast, you, of course, are the CEO of um, Urban Chain, which supports um, those producing renewable energy and those looking to buy from renewable sources. Um, how did you first uh, start Urban Chain? What, what what was it that made you want to um, start the the organisation, the company? Yeah, in uh, 2016, I was part uh, as a research scientist at the University of Manchester, working on energy poverty and climate change. And uh, there, my job was uh, basically look at the data and look at the infrastructure. And therefore, from that uh, research, what I found, which was shocking was that renewable is sold very cheap, but it's, uh, it's bought very cheap, but it's sold by 4%, four times more to consumer. And that came as a shock to me when I saw that number. So I, I was very interested to see what contributes to this difference of four times more, power, uh, more price. And as a result of that, what I found, I found lots of inefficiencies there that is causing this and potentially lots of layers of, um, of 
buying and selling between generator and consumer, which causes the lots of uh, this operation operational margin to to the to the pure price of uh, price of power. And therefore, what I was thinking, I was thinking, okay, uh, in addition to that, I was looking at uh, the government policies regarding the uh, renewables. And what I found, I found uh, since 2000, 2001, government has been supporting distributed energy resources and community energy resources. We have had a great momentum by then, but up to now, they have been, been financially viable. And that makes made me thinking of like, okay, what is it that, uh, what can I do that I, I can change this situation? And when I was looking at distributed energy generation, I was thinking of consumer as distributed energy consumers or users. And then I was thinking the system that we have now is very much centralized. Mm-hmm. We need a distributed system to enable exchange directly between generators and consumers in real time. And that was the moment, the light bulb moment, that then I looked at the distributed ledger technology or uh, the trading name is blockchain as an infrastructure and AI to develop this exchange system that we have now. (laughs) And of course, it's something that, um, you know, really sets you, uh, your your company out in, in terms of um others that are in 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 a similar um field have have you seen the amount of interest that urban chain has generated from people asking you know um, questions visiting your website that kind of thing have you seen that um exponentially grow over time has it become there's been more interest and and more people wanting to be involved since 2016 or, or or do you think there's always been a, a sort of like a sustained amount of interest because of people being concerned about climate change and the source of um, energy yeah so uh yes initially when we entered that market uh many people didn't know it's like very i would say tra- uh, conventional mindset was uh on the on between between people or operators or stakeholders in the market and uh, what uh, that that time was the time that innovate uk just uh, it was about was already starting to fund innovate, innovative projects in energy sector. Ofgem was looking at uh, setting up a group called Ofgem Innovation Link, supporting innovators to to navigate the regulatory framework. And uh, Elexon was also looking at these changes or modifications to uh, to implement for the future form of energy market. Uh, when we said what we want to do, many people said it's too good to be true, so uh, didn't believe us uh, over time. Uh, but but I would say fair to consumers and generators, they were like, oh, this is what I want. This is the puzzle. This is the missing puzzle here in this energy market. Uh, but we needed proof. We needed. They they were like, okay, show me the proof. So we had this interest, and we have some fans which are like following us for seven, eight years yeah. here to kind of like come to this point and very excited about us. Uh, moving on, we worked with Offshore Innovation Link. We got grants from Innovate UK. So quite like government supports us significantly on this journey and regulatory to to make this happen. Where and as you said, exponentially grow grew the the people uh, kind of like the the number of people that are following us. Not just because green, just purely green, because it's affordable green. Mm-hmm. It's green as the mainstream market, and then gas become the secondary market mm-hmm. rather than the, 
the way that it is now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in, in terms of renewable energy, one of the things that people um, often talk about is um, battery storage, and, and that's um, quite often seen as one of the uh, largest hurdles for the renewable sector. Um, how do you think we can best increase battery storage capacity and, and make it so that um, batteries can store more energy and, and store it for longer and it, there's not so much of a, a, a hurdle around it? Battery is a great technology. The only uh, the only worry I would say about battery is the recycle of the batteries and their lifetime in impact on the on the on the environment as an asset because it's a hardware there that needs to do it. But what I've said, what I can say, batteries uh, have different forms, like cabins, like different forms that are have different shapes and they can store energy with different. Uh, for different duration and can be used for different purposes. Uh, again, similar to nuclear, I mentioned, batteries are moving quite uh, in, in terms of technology and they are getting much, much better. They are still expensive. The price is dropping, but the, they are very, very expensive. Uh, and one thing is about batteries is that we shouldn't see batteries as just uh, like large batteries. There are huge amount, uh, huge amount of opportunities for micro batteries, for ourselves as households, as businesses, mm. and these batteries again shouldn't be like the way that battery, the battery technology, hardware technology is now, and we see, it's much more um, efficient, much more smaller, much more efficient, and therefore uh, it's storing energy when it's needed and it's releasing energy when it's needed. That's a, that's the type of thing that I would say. But yes, batteries uh, batteries are the ones that can do that. Again, as I say, technology needs to improve. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, do you think that in, in terms of the, the UK um, renewable energy sector, that there's anything that we can learn uh, from other countries in how best to move forward um, with increasing our um, ability to uh, host renewable energy, to produce renewable energy, to, to move easier and, and, and much uh, more quickly towards the, the net zero goal. Mm. Funny enough, uh, many people, I mean, many countries follow UK. <laughs> so uh, I would say we have quite, uh, we have quite good position compared mm. to other market players in, in this kind of a place. So um, yes, we can learn from like how the interconnectors work in Germany. We can learn how the how the nuclear power plants works in France. Uh, we can learn from how uh, how to maximize uh, the use of uh, renewables at the community level in Spain or in other places. Uh, for example, Europe has lots of this com energy community concept, which we can learn, and we have already looked at it as in local energy local energy systems. But we can learn all of these. But in general, I would say we have a good position. Uh, always there is a room for learning. There, there's a we also have a lot to to uh, expose to other markets. Absolutely. Well, um, thank you very much for taking uh, the time uh, to speak to me, Spire. It's been great to be able uh, to chat to you. Um, if people want to find out more about Urban Chain, where should they go to um, find out more about it? Well, what's the website address? That sort of thing. Yes, uh, definitely for, uh, visit us at urbanchain.co.uk. There's a contact form there. Please use that contact form. We will get the emails and our customer relationship managers will come back to you. We, we are happy to answer your questions and uh, 
uh, anything, I welcome you to the peer-to-peer -peer exchange. So definitely contact us, please. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you. Thanks again for, for taking the time to speak to me for the podcast. For the pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for having Thank me. You.